You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. I'm going to preach and start on a series for the next three weeks that I came up with yesterday and, quite frankly, asked and told God that I didn't think I was ready to preach it. I guess you'll be the ones that'll see if I am or not. But I, I told God last night as I was trying to, to prepare, I said, well, God, I need, I need more time. I need, I need to do more, some more studying. Uh, and so I, I, let me preach something else, and then I'll start it next week. And we're going to be preaching and talking about, for the next three weeks, joy. J-O-Y. We're going to be talking about joy And while I was working on my sermon, sitting in the living room, Maddie went and took Noah and put him in bed around 9 or 10, and um, she goes in there and reads a story and prays with him, and then she tells me to go in there and tell him goodnight. So every time I go into his room, he tells me to get under the covers with him, uh, because although I'm very cold all of the time, uh, all of my family say I give off uh, an exorbitant amount of body heat, uh, which I guess is why I'm so cold. Um, and so he says, your, your body is hot, so uh, come snuggle with me. And so I crawled in bed under the covers with him and gave him a kiss. And uh, he said, well, why don't you go to sleep with me? I said, no, I've got to go finish working on my sermon for tomorrow. I said, I said can you pray for daddy and pray for his, uh, his sermon and, um, and, and for church tomorrow, and he said, yeah, I'll pray. And so I, he starts the prayer with, God, help Daddy with his sermon, help him do better, help him write a better sermon. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's, calm it, let's calm it down. We're getting a little specific there. And the next thing he says is, he goes, he goes uh, dear Jesus, please help Daddy write a good sermon, help him uh, do better and write a better sermon, and give him joy. And he said, and God, let there be joy at our church and joy going to church tomorrow. And then he finished praying, and I laid in bed and looked at him, gave him a kiss on his forehead and said, thank you for praying, son. I said, you have no idea what that means. Because even before I walked in the room, I'm looking at this sermon and these kind of three sermons that I'm trying to put together for the next three weeks. I'm thinking, I just don't have time uh, to kind of facilitate these things. And I walk into a room with a five-year-old who just so innocently prayed and has never prayed in regards to talking about joy. I was trying to think of scriptures that we normally pray at night that talk about joy, and there's nothing that we usually highlight. And he brought up several times in his prayer talking about joy. And I said, okay, out of the mouth of babes, I'm listening, God. And uh, So if you don't like the sermon, I prepped all that. It's God's fault. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. So I want to talk about joy over the next couple of weeks. I've kind of made an acronym of it, J-O-Y, joy overcomes yawns and yucks. And we'll talk about it. There's a lot of hard, there's barely any words to come up with why, so <laughs> but we got two. So God is faithful. So joy, we're going to talk about joy today. We're going to talk about how to overcome with joy next week. And then the third week, we're going to talk about how joy will help us overcome the yawns and the yucks of life. Back in August, 
August 15th, 2008, I've shared this story before. I was hired by the Border Patrol. I drove to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, had an interview, uh, went through a, a very rigorous interview, and they passed me uh, and said that I was going to the Border Patrol. I was going to their version of boot camp in Arizona. Uh, and they said it could be anywhere from six weeks to six months they would call, and I would basically ship out. And I'm driving home from Baton Rouge, and I'm calling my friends, and I'm calling my family, telling them, I figured it out. I've graduated from college. I've got into the federal system. Um, um, I'm going. Uh, I'm leaving Louisiana. I, I put my station base as uh, California. Thank God I didn't do that. And, um, and I was calling people and telling them. And I called a friend of mine. My wife's not in here and she can't hear. It was actually an ex-girlfriend uh, that we had recently just broke up. And I called her and told her, I said, hey, I just got hired by the Border Patrol and, uh, you know, everything's working out. And I'll be, I'll be moving uh, to Arizona and then California after that for at least two years. You have to work on the border before you can go anywhere else in Border Patrol. And, um, and so we're talking. And as we're talking, she said, can I ask you something? And I said, yeah, sure. What's up? And uh, she says, are you happy? I said, what are you talking about? And she says, well, it doesn't sound like you're happy in this phone conversation. I said, well, I'm tired. I woke up at like 2, 3 in the morning because I had to be in Baton Rouge. It's like a two, three-hour drive. Got there at 6, sat there all day. There was like 10 or 20 people that were interviewing. I was the very last one to go into this interview. So I just watched person after person go in and come out and say they got hired. And then I was the last one to go in. And I'm like, well, here we go. I said, I'm just tired, I'm just worn out, and uh, she said, well, you don't really sound happy. I said, okay, well, that's why you're my ex. I'm joking. And so we got done talking, I hung up the phone, and I'm driving, and that question is just gnawing at me. And I got home that night, and this was probably the biggest moment of my life, August 15, 2008. It's when I got hired by the Border Patrol, it's when I hear almost the, in my mind, the audible voice of God telling me not to go. I find Christ for the Nation's website for the second time in my life, sign up to go to Bible school, and by January of that year, I've completely changed my path and changed because of one question, are you happy? When I laid in bed that night, I said, I'm not happy. It's, it's, According to my flesh, yes, it's what I want to do. It's, 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 it's what I thought I wanted to do. It's thought, what I thought I wanted, where I wanted to go. But the joy wasn't there. And I said, well, I'm going to find out what makes me happy. I'm going to find out where the joy is in my life. I knew in that moment that I wasn't happy and that there was more to my life and future. So I want to ask you a question today. Right now in your life, are you happy? Or do you need an injection of joy shot into your life? Do you need joy injected into your spiritual life, into your marriage, into your finances, into your dreams? A question that I ask myself and a question that I ask you is, if you're not happy and you say, you know what, right now I don't have joy in my life. I don't have joy in a certain circumstance of my life. Well, then what would make you happy? In a year, what would bring you joy to look back five years from now, ten years from now, and see the course of your life change 
because of one simple decision of I'm not happy with where I am, where I'm going, what I'm doing. So God, I need your joy to help me and show me where to go and what to do. So we're going to dive into a a scripture today. We're going to go deep into the Old Testament, Nehemiah chapter 8. So we're going to do the next three weeks talking about J-O-Y. So today we're going to talk about joy. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Then he, being Nehemiah, said to them, being the Jewish people in Jerusalem, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I also thought it was fitting for... Thanksgiving week, that this is a very fitting scripture. Whether you're on your diet or not, I want to encourage you today, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions of those in need. Let us be thankful and celebrate this week. Let's just be thankful and celebrate that we have survived 2020, if anything. And also let's be thankful that 2020 is almost done. So this is the scripture that we are going to build on and stand on for the next three weeks with the simple phrase and statement that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now this is a scripture that means a lot more to me personally. I think I've shared this story before. When I was younger, I got spanked a lot. I got in trouble a lot. Uh, I was uh, a very uh, rambunctious kid. I couldn't stay still. I know, I know. Much like me not being able to stay still on this stage, just imagine me being smaller and uh, running a lot faster. Actually, watch Eliza. Just watch her, and that's probably going to be similar to, to me. And so I got spanked a whole bunch. And I remember as a kid... And nobody believed me, but it was true, at least in my mind, it's what I'm, I'm believing is truth, is after I would get spanked, I would get up off the bed and I would stand on the floor and my mom would uh, bring love and correction to me uh, after the spanking and something would happen deep inside of my soul that I would try and hold back, I would try and stop, but I would laugh and usually laugh in her face. Now, my thing was, I said that the carpet was tickling my feet. It's what I believe. It's what I'll say to the death of me, that uh, there were these uh, carpet demons that would tickle my toes, tickle my feet. And as soon as I would get done getting spanked, I would get off the bed, tears still in my eyes, snot still pouring out my nose, my mother still staring at me and bringing correction, and I would smile and I would laugh And then we'd go to round two, back on the bed. And my mom, uh, obviously that's that's probably frustrating. Um, I could see that now as a parent. Um, And she went to God and she said, what do I do with this child? Um, Besides kill him, what is the other option? And she says, and she's told me this since I was a young child, that God spoke to her and said, train him up in the way that he should go. Because there is a job, there is something that he can do that only he can do and that the joy of the Lord is going to be his strength 
to perform the jobs and tasks that I have set up for him. I'm paraphrasing, but that's about what he said. And since I was a child, I've been told that from my mom over and over and over again. And so this scripture here, the joy of the Lord is your strength, not only is just a scripture that's out there, it's something that is, is personal, that has been spoken over me, that I have leaned into throughout my life, because you can talk to my wife, I am usually more on the negative side of things if I uh, don't stay true to God in the scriptures. Um, I can teeter-totter uh, very thinly on a, a line of being very uh, funny and sarcastic uh, to depressed very easily. Of I can, I can get in my thoughts and I can see uh, the negative side of things. I can, I can look at something uh, on how to run a situation, how to do something, and I'll run all the scenarios, and maybe it's just me. Uh, I'll lay in bed, I'll run all the scenarios, and then whatever the worst scenario is, that's what I focus on for the rest of the night. And this scripture here has helped me and reminded me and brought me back to center when I tend in certain ways and areas of my life to be negative, which is why God is so gracious and brought that firecracker of a wife into my life that is full of joy and bubbly and she sees the glass as Jesus and God sees it as we see in Psalms 23, the cup overflowing. I see it as empty and dry with a hole and a crack in it. And how do we fix it? How do we repair it? How do we do that? And she sees this overflowing. So she mellows me out. So this scripture is something that is important to me. And hopefully by the end of the series will be important to you. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The first question we have to ask today is what is joy? We're going to do a series on it. We might as well find out what it means. Here in Hebrew, that, that Hebrew word, I don't know how to pronounce it, Chedeva, C-H-E-D-V-A-H, means joy, means gladness. That there's no way around it when it says the joy of the Lord, that it is saying that it literally means joy. It means gladness. There's no hidden meaning of sadness, of frustration, of anger, it means gladness. In the English definition of joy, it means a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. That's the noun definition. The verb definition is rejoice. That when we're talking about joy, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness, we're on the verge of holidays. And the holidays before 2020 could have been fun or frustrating. That, that you could have joy to see your family. You could have joy to see the holidays. Maddie is a huge Christmas fan. I pulled down all the Christmas stuff yesterday from the attic, uh, full well knowing uh, that as soon as the turkey is out of the oven and in the fridge for leftovers, uh, that is my responsibility to go somewhere and buy a live tree uh, on Black Friday or even Thursday night as soon as we can get that tree. As soon as Thanksgiving is over, it's time to celebrate Christmas, according to my wife in the household. 
But when we go into the holiday season, that's not always the case for every person. That the holidays could be a sense of dread of seeing those family members again, of dealing with that situation again, of going into a household where there was pain, where there was frustration. And no matter what the situation is, I thought it fitting that God would want us to learn about joy, about how to be happy, about how to have gladness, about how to be joyful in all situations in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, whether we enjoy the holidays or not, that I don't have to walk into the house and give the fake smile, but there's something inside of me that is bringing joy, that is giving me strength, that is giving me power, that is giving me help to make it through whatever situations that I'm going through. You see, as they're reading, as Nehemiah is talking about this scripture right here, we just drop into the middle of Nehemiah 8, and he's making this declaration to the Israelites, to the Jewish people in Jerusalem, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions to those in need, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your Strength. To get a context and an understanding, you have to go back and read through Nehemiah, which I recommend. Because Nehemiah has been exiled from his hometown. He's been exiled from his people. And he is the wine server of a king. And he gets a, a letter. He hears about his hometown, Jerusalem, and their walls are destroyed. And their doors of the building of the, of the city are knocked down. The houses are burned down. There are barely anybody, any people in Jerusalem. And he's sad, and he's distraught, and he says he cries, and he prays to the Lord for help, and he's bringing wine to the king. And when he brings the wine to the king, the king says, why are you sad, Nehemiah? And in those days, you didn't bring sadness into the king's house. You didn't bring your drama into the king's house. You didn't bring that in. If there was anything that you did that displeased the king, he would just kill you. Just get out of here. We see that in the story of Joseph as well, where he, he sends the bread maker and the wine to prison. That if you did anything to the king, it was either straight to jail or off with his head. So as he brings the wine in and the king says, What's wrong? Why are you sad? He says, oh, I'm sorry, king, I, I didn't mean to, to bring in my sadness. And he says, well, tell me what's troubling you. What do you need to make you happy? And he says, if I could go back home and rebuild the walls. And over a couple of months, he gathers together people. They have issues. We'll talk about it later on. But they start rebuilding the walls. And in the middle of Nehemiah 8, Ezra, the prophet, and some of the priests bring out, it says, the word of the Lord. The law of God is brought out and stood in the middle of people, and they read the law of God in front of the Jewish people. And it says that they start worshiping the Lord, they start falling down, bowing their face, and it says they start weeping when they start hearing the word of the Lord. When they start hearing the law of God, And then Nehemiah stands up and says this. In the middle of their town being destroyed, 
in the middle of them being exiled, having another king over them, being attacked by people, rebuilding, doing what they can, not having food, not having shelter. The word of God is brought out and presented, and all of a sudden they start weeping at hearing the beautiful sounds of the law of God. You have to understand to the Jewish person, to the Israelite, the law of God is not just the Bible to them. It's not just the, uh, the, the scriptures. It is their culture. It is their history. It has been written and passed down from generation to generation, from, uh, from the fathers of their faith, from Abraham and Moses and these, these mighty men that have done great and mighty wonders, that they're reading that and they're hearing the words of God that were written and penned by the men of God about their history, about who their God is and what He's done. And as they read that and as they hear that, and Nehemiah steps up there and he says, no, it's a, it's a time of celebration. It's a time to let the joy of the Lord bring you back up from whatever situations you are encountering. When is the last time you experienced joy in your life? When is the last time you experienced happiness in your life? When is the last time you experienced a feeling of great pleasure and happiness in that situation, in that relationship, in that dream? Because we see that the joy of the Lord is what gives you the ability to move forward, helps you overcome, helps you move in the direction that you need to. Because today is the opportunity that is set before you to experience joy. What are your desires? Because God wants to fulfill them. I wrote this down last night. Joy is what God gives you, and rejoicing is what you do because you got it. Joy is what God gives you, and rejoicing is what you do because you got it. There was a picture, uh, I was looking for it last night, um, when we were, uh, went to California for Maddie's older sister's wedding. Um, we had a, a, a free day, and uh, I decided that we were going to go uh, to Disney World, Disneyland, whichever one's over there, in California. And I had been to Disney World or Disneyland in Florida uh, when I was a kid. When I was like 10 years old, we got to go. Maddie had never gone. and So I said, well, let's just go to Magic Kingdom and hang out and just have fun. And uh, so we got there, and I was excited um, just because I remember as a kid just the joy of being in Disney World. And we get there, and we walk in. And, like, at the very entrance, we see someone dressed up as Pluto. Pluto comes running around, and he's waving and all that. And so we took a picture, and maybe next week we'll, we'll get the picture and put it up. But there's a picture of me on one side, Maddie on the other side, Pluto in the middle of us. And there's this big, goofy grin that I have 
on my face that Maddie says she had never seen before. And as we got to, because I was excited because I, I knew what was in, in there that Maddie had never experienced before. I knew that there was food and rides and all of these things and, and to be able to take her and, and us to have fun and me kind of revisit my childhood. When was the last time that you were happy? That When was the last time even in a bad situation there was joy and there was a reason to smile? I think about when our daughter was born and all of the, the things that happened with Noah's birth and uh, all of the, the faith that we stood on as we were getting ready for Eliza's birth and to see Maddie have Eliza naturally and not have a second C-section and to hear that baby crying, to hear and see the things that Maddie prayed for in that baby, that, that she wanted uh, a baby girl. She wanted a baby girl with blue eyes. She wanted a baby girl with blue eyes and dark hair. She wanted a baby girl with blue eyes and dark hair and curly hair like she had. And to see all of those prayers answered and to see the miracle signs and wonders to sit back and hold that baby to bring a smile to our face. When is the last time you experienced joy in your life? Hopefully it was sooner than later, but hopefully now it's triggering some things inside of you to think, it's been a while, it's been a long time since I smiled in that relationship. It's been a while since I experienced joy in this situation or that one, and I'm making a choice today to experience the joy of the Lord. So the second question we have to ask is, how do I get it? We understand what joy is. It's gladness, it's joy, it's happiness. Okay, I want that. I need that in my life. Luckily, the scripture tells us how to get it. Look at Romans chapter 14, verses 17. Romans chapter 14 and 17, this is Paul speaking. He says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. We rebuke that on Thanksgiving week. We're going to eat and drink. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now we're uh, in the New Testament, so uh, the writings of this time are a little bit different. Greek, and that word joy there is chara, C-H-A-R-A, chara. And listen to the definition of joy here. Cheerfulness, gladness, greatly, to be exceedingly, to be exceedingly joyful. And I love this definition. Calm delight. That joy in the kingdom of God is calm delight. When everybody else is going through chaos and you're stuck in the middle of that same situation, to look over that person and see a calm delight upon them. All hell is breaking loose everywhere. Everything's falling apart. 2020 is burning. But there are people that are out there that have tapped into this and have a calm delight. Wouldn't you love that? Instead of freaking out, instead of getting angry, instead of throwing a fit, instead of having a pity party, instead of dealing with all the other emotions that can lead us down a road that is not healthy, that we tap into the joy of the Lord and experience His calm delight. That no matter who's yelling and barking and screaming in our face, 
I can just smile. God's got it. He's on my side. He's going to take care of it. So for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Look at John chapter 3, verse 3. This is Jesus speaking to the Pharisee. John 3.16, we know this. He's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, Jesus answered him and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay, so if... How do I get into the kingdom of God so that I could experience righteousness, peace, and joy? Well, okay, we see it's very simple. How do you get the joy? You must be a part of the kingdom of God. He says, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So therefore, the opposite must be true. If one is born again, then he will see the kingdom of God. And if he is born again and sees the kingdom of God, he also experiences what's a part of the kingdom of God. And what's a part of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you are saved, you have joy already. We believe in the scriptures, it says that he who knew no sin became sin so that those who are sinners could become righteous. So we see in that scripture, pairing up with Romans, that the kingdom of God, there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So we exchanged our sin for his righteousness right off the bat. So that much mean if, follow me, If we exchanged our sin for his righteousness, just a free exchange right then and there, then therefore, peace and joy are the same exchange that happened with righteousness and sin. So as much as you're righteous is as much as you have peace and as much as you have joy. It's settled. It's already there. You already have it. Look at 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So there must be a manifestation. If I'm a part of the kingdom of God, then there has to be a demonstration of that kingdom of God in my life. And what does that look like? Going back to Romans, it's peace and joy and righteousness. You have to understand that we talk about joy and peace and, and, and controlling our emotions and mental health and all those things. And yes, it is important to talk about them, but it says here in the scriptures that the kingdom of God is not just about words. It's about power. It's about demonstration. It's about seeing it manifest in my life. I'm tired of talking about the Bible. I'm ready to see the Bible move and react in my life tired of talking about joy and chasing joy through a pill or a drink or TV or social media. I'm tired of chasing peace and doing all those things through all these different avenues. I need to have it and I need to see it manifest in my life. And the scripture says that if you're saved, you already have it. And now it's time for that power to manifest in my life. I need that calm delight. I always have this weird feeling when I go, this weird dread when I go to rent a car. Because when you go in there, they ask you to sign all these forms. You got to go outside and look at the car and look at every dent and ding. And they they always ask you at the end of it, do you want to buy the insurance? And you have to come up with some weird excuse and they make you feel bad like, well, if you total it, it's on you. And you're like, oh. 
my God, I need to pay the other $300 for the insurance. And it's always just this crazy amount. And so I always hate being in front of the person talking to them as I'm trying to come up with some excuse. Well, I don't, I don't need it. I'm a safe driver. And uh, they're like, well, is anybody else going to drive the car? And Maddie drives everywhere, so I know she's going to drive. And I'm like, I don't know. Somebody might. It's, is it going to cost more? It's going to be me. I'm driving. And I usually pay with this certain credit card. And a couple years back, I dove into uh, the credit card to see there was like a place on the website and it said the perks or the, the benefits or whatever. And so I click on that and I start scrolling through it. And on the credit card, it says that you are entitled to car rental insurance. And I said, wait a second. Start reading through that. And it says, you don't have to worry about purchasing the extra car insurance from the car rental place. If you buy the car, if you rent the car with the credit card, there is attached to the credit card car rental insurance that I had no idea. I had this card in my back pocket this whole time. And needless, little did I know that there was a perk and benefit already attached to that card that I could have been using the whole time and not being stressed out about dealing with the person. You are born again. You are saved by God. You are saved by grace. And there are perks and benefits that are already attached to that salvation, that are already attached to that new covenant, that are already attached to your spirit, and that is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. How do you get it? You already got it. And the third and final question is, how do I keep it? How do I keep it? If I have it and I want to tap into it, how do I keep that calm delight going forward in my life? Because there's going to be situations. As bad as 2020 was, chances are there's going to be something that happens in 2021. It says in the scripture, it rains on the just and unjust. Bad things happen to good people. Something's going to happen in your life. I'm not prophesying and I'm not trying to bring negativity to you, but the world is a bad place. And things happen. 2021 is going to, something's going to fall in your lap and you're going to say, I don't know what to do here. And I need that calm delight to show up. Romans 15, 13. Two scriptures left. Romans 15, 13. Paul is praying. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. How do I keep it? I just ask for it. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 15, 11. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples before he goes to the cross. These things have I spoken to you that my joy, look at that M is capitalized, which means Jesus' joy, that God's joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. How can my joy be full? Well, it starts with the beginning of that statement by God saying, let my joy remain in you. And if it remains in you, then your joy will be full. You'll never run out. Your cup will run over, over and over and over again. You can tap into his joy. You can tap into his calm delight. That word full in John 15, 11, that your joy may be full means to make replete. It literally means to cram into a net. It means to level up. It means to satisfy or feel. It means to be perfect and have a supply. That think of your spirit. Think of your body as a net. And God is just cramming it full of joy and peace. 
As soon as you ask for it, he is ready and willing to meet that need. Jesus offers up the simple truth and the simple prayer that he has for you and for his disciples that his joy remains in you because he knows what's coming on the horizon for those disciples. And he's reminding them, in whatever situation you come into in the future, I'm not going to be here, but my joy, the Holy Spirit's going to be in you that your joy may be full. The God of hope That whenever you're going through a situation in your life and you don't feel joy, you feel frustration, you don't feel the calm delight that you want, that you can stop and say, God, just like Romans 15, 13, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. God, I believe you're my father. I believe that you love me. I believe that I'm a part of your kingdom. I believe that being a part of your kingdom, I'm entitled to the benefits that are there. And I need righteousness, peace, and joy to manifest in my life. I need it to be a strength unto me and watch him deliver. I've only gone on one cruise in my life. But I was in college with a couple of my buddies. And we paid for the cruise before we left. And we got on the cruise boat, it was like a five-day cruise through uh, the Gulf of Mexico, and we found out that you could just ask for any type of food, and they would bring it to you. No, no charge. It, the, the cruise had already been paid for. And on the night that they had the, the special captain's night where they have the finest of meals, and you dress up, and the captain walks around and says hi to everybody, and they serve steak and lobster. Us being poor college kids, we paid like 300 bucks each. There was four of us. We crammed into this little tiny room with four bunk beds that was in the middle at the very bottom. I felt like I was Jonah in the well. We were at the very bottom of the boat inside this dark room, but we didn't care. We paid 300 bucks. We were on a cruise out in the sun, hanging out in Mexico. And when we found out, you could tell them to keep bringing you steak and lobster Or you could go to the pizza place and get as much pizza as you want. Or you could ask them for cookies or ice cream. That they would just keep bringing it and keep bringing it and bringing it. And then they wouldn't ask you, well, you've had five lobsters. Uh, We're going to have to cut you off. Um, Actually, do you want to pay for the next two or three? No, they they would come up to you and say, do you need more? Would you like more? Can I have more? Well, yeah, it's already paid for. Have as much as you want. Do you see... That Jesus already paid the high price for you. He died on the cross. He yelled out it was finished. That means that the check was paid for. It was already taken care of. That means the price is paid in full. And now you have access to ask God for anything at any time. And when you need joy, you can ask. And he will give it to you and give it to you liberally. He will give you all joy and all peace. Only if you believe. Ask and you shall receive. How do you keep the joy of the Lord? You just ask and tap back into the source. The price has already been paid. You are in the kingdom of God, so therefore you are entitled to have joy in your life. Amen? We learned what the joy of the Lord is today, and next week we will learn how to use joy to overcome in our lives. Let's stand up as we get ready to go. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you and those that are watching online and listening by podcast. 
We are so thankful for each and every one of you who come here every Sunday, that give of your time, give of your finances, give of your heart. You've welcomed us in and loved us for these last two years, and we say thank you so much. We are so appreciative uh, for this church. We're so excited uh, for where we're at and where we're going. Um, we know that the, the times are challenging, the times are hard with things going on in your life, and you keep showing up and you keep coming. And so we're going to keep opening our arms. We've got a lot of things planned for December. We're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. We're going to have our candlelight service. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give to the community, and we're going to go into 2020 believing that God is going to do some new things, some better things in press church and in this community. We've got prophetic words that we're still standing on and believing for, and we're thankful for those. But we want to see not the prophetic words just be talking about in words. We want to see power and demonstration of those prophetic words in this house and in this community. And so thank you all for being a part of it. And tap into this because we need joy now more than ever. As we go into this year, as we finish this year and go into next year, I believe this is such a timely word that can help you and help your family receive a calm delight in your lives. So Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. Father, I thank you that through your sermon and through your message, I have planted, I've been faithful and planted seeds of joy in each and every one of the listeners' hearts today. Father, I ask that you water it over this week, that as they go through their life this week, they, they chew on this idea of, am I happy? Am I joyful? Do I have joy in these situations in my life? And if they don't, Father, let them tap into you. Let them ask and receive the joy and peace that they need. Father, as they're traveling, as they're doing whatever with their families through this holiday week, I ask you to bless them and protect them. Keep their bodies safe and healthy. Keep their families safe and healthy. Father, for those that are out sick, Father, I speak healing into their bodies that by Jesus' stripes, they are already healed. Father, I ask you to financially bless them that everything they put their hands to prosper. Father, I ask you, to show us what to be thankful for as we sit down and evaluate our lives that 2020, yes, was crazy, but there are things that you did in 2020. There are miracle signs and wonders that you did in our lives, in our church, in our community, in our families. Father, bless your people, protect your people. Father, let your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people and give them peace and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We have the flyers, uh, the little Christmas cards. Grab one of those on your way out. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC, and have a great week.